And we are set to go, and hockey has arrived in the Sunshine State. With a shot, Another episode of Locked On Lightning, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I hope everyone's having a good Tuesday thus far when they listen to this episode. Um, super excited. You know, today is a very important day just because by around, I guess, 12 o'clock tomorrow, the Lightning will be playing their first actual game for the first time since March, which is a huge deal. You know, I'm. Obviously, we all have a reason to be excited about this team being back in training camp, players getting back on the ice, but I feel at this point now, the players are just ready to play against someone other else, someone else other than their teammate in a scrimmage or in a game or whatever the case may be. Uh, tomorrow, of course, they will be playing their, I guess you could call it their in-state rival because I don't really view the Panthers and the Lightning as rivals. But they will be playing each other in an exhibition game tomorrow at 12 o'clock. So maybe keep an eye out after I drop tomorrow's episode. Uh, might drop a little bit of an emergency episode, depending on the how the game goes and all that. If, you know, the lightning play, you know, whether it's... Let's see how I feel after the game. You know, if they play not particularly well... Like, if it looks like this is the first time they're playing hockey ever in their lives, I might have to drop an episode just to do a little ranting or maybe a little bit panicking. We'll see how the game goes, and we'll go from there. Um, obviously, you could, of course, keep up to date on all all the episodes that we'll be dropping by liking, subscribing, so you get the notification that the episode is dropped as soon as it drops. Um, and of course, you could find this podcast anywhere podcasts are played and distributed. Uh, that includes Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, all all those platforms and more. Uh, tune in. Um, and if you want to reach out to the show and keep up to date and some of the news surrounding the show, you could go to the Twitter page at lo underscore lightning. Or even to my Twitter page at APDanker, D-E-N-K-E-R. Maybe throw, throw me a tweet. Maybe ask some questions. I would like to do a mailbag. Um, we've gotten questions here and there, but you know, not enough for one single episode. Um, but I do have to say, all of you, the listeners, have been super vocal and interactive. And I very much appreciate that. So keep up, keep up the enthusiasm and maybe we'll do a mailbag in the future if we get enough questions um and if you want to email the show for whatever reason uh just reach out to us to say hi or maybe ask a question or whatever the case may be you could email us at lockedonlightning at gmail.com uh always fun to hear from fans like i just said so moving on some some of the news surrounding the team we're not going to go crazy about it but alex Klorn. Uh, was named a finalist for the King Clancy Memorial Trophy, which is an award that recognizes leadership, qualities, uh, and contributions to the community. Um, I could just say that, you know, Killer has been an absolute 
he's just become a leader on this team just because with everything that's gone on this year and he really stepped into that leadership role um if he not already was before he definitely has now especially with his play and i fully expect him to continue that uh into these playoffs and yeah you know congratulations to him you know obviously every player that's nominated they've done a ton of work uh not only surrounding the organization in terms of like community outreach and all that but as well as you know being a full participant in stuff uh events and you know charities uh in their in their local community so you know even if killer doesn't win it i won't be too too broken up um if a if any other player wins it just because you know all these guys are doing great jobs and you know just continue it because these guys aren't doing it for the award they're doing it to make a difference but alex corn if he does win it would be the first lightning player to win the king clancy trophy so just keep that in mind if he does that'd be pretty cool and another lightning news the the captain Stan, uh steven stamkos he's he was a full participant in practice the other day uh like i said on yesterday's episode probably not going to play in tomorrow's game uh regardless of how much progress he's making i think they just you know the team rightfully so uh doesn't want to possibly you know they don't want to risk him further injuring or re-aggravating whatever it is that's nagging him right now obviously the the main goal is to get him ready by next week for that lightning game um, i stated on past episodes that it wouldn't be too big of a deal if they decided not to play him at all during these round robin games just to give him maybe some extra time to recuperate which i wouldn't have a problem with um if they do if they would if they have to play him just so he could get you know some game action i would say the best thing is to maybe put him sparingly through some of these games uh I guess, you know, do the NHL equivalent of load management. So maybe limit him, limit him to maybe a couple of shifts uh, here and there through the first three games and see how he feels. And then we'll make a decision once he once once the Lightning know for sure who they're playing um, from those qualifying games. So uh, I guess, you know, if they have to play him, I guess play that play him maybe that third game but like i said we don't need to rush him back there's no reason to um the only thing that's coming out of these round robin games is seating uh, top prize is home ice advantage and we all know the circumstances surrounding this year's playoffs uh, they'll be playing up in toronto and uh just canada in general so home ice doesn't mean anything there's gonna be no fans there or anything so it really doesn't matter um so yeah, uh, but it's good sign to see Stamkos kind of making some progress. As frustrated as I sound on past shows, um, he it's only because he's a very talented player and he's such a vital part of this team to where we really need him to be healthy uh, for 82 games and you know not play sparingly here and there. But yeah, uh, hopefully you know he could come back and make a difference right away. So on today's episode, we're going to have part two of that round robin round table. Like I said on yesterday's episode, try saying that three times. But yeah, that was a great conversation I had with Danielle and Rachel from Locked On Flyers, Ian from Locked On Bruins, and Amy from Locked On Capitals. So it was a great conversation. We talk about some on this clip that uh, we'll be playing for you on today's episode. We'll be discussing some of the, I guess, players that maybe we won't be hearing 
maybe might surprise us. You know, every year in the playoffs, there's these playoff heroes that you, you are kind of surprising. Um, if you're a fan of the team, of course, um, you're not as surprised just because these guys, you've been seeing these guys play all year. Uh, spoiler alert, I picked, I believe, one of the guys other than Killer uh, to make a difference in the playoffs, especially who will be a big factor, is Anthony Sorelli. I mean, all of us know already how much of a big impact Anthony Sorelli has made on both sides of the ice this year, whether it's starting the break, uh, forcing the turnover in the neutral zone, doing all those things to really be a nuisance towards the other team and be that spark plug, especially when the Lightning needed it most. Uh, through the absences of Stamkos and other key players. Um, you know, it's he's definitely one of those guys that can make or break a series, I believe. Um, the Lightning are definitely going to need that kind of guy to get the t- inject some energy into the team at certain points uh, We in, in the series and throughout the playoffs. Uh, we already know how notorious the Lightning have been this year for their slow starts and Maybe having a guy like Anthony Sorelli who has that playmaking ability to force the turnover and start the breakaway um, and possibly get a f- quick, fast goal uh, in the first couple of minutes of the, the first period of a game, that, that could possibly change uh, an entire series and maybe inject some momentum into this Lightning team. And that's something they desperately need. Uh, so keep an eye out for, for number 71. Um, I believe, you know, he's become one of my favorite players other than obviously Alex Kalorn um, that has played on this team all year. So now here's part two of the round robin roundtable. This was a very interesting situation. How maybe just going around whoever, you know, any of you feel free to speak out. But how do you feel about, you know, at the time this came at, do you feel like maybe this year the standings would have been different significantly? Um, I know for a fact that the Lightning seemed like they were taking their, their foot off the pedal in terms of trying to catch the Bruins uh, for the division at that point. Do you think maybe – it looked like the Flyers actually were kind of catching up on the Lightning. Um, at Well, no, they were catching up in the division on, I believe, the Caps. And that was mm-hmm. something that really was interesting. So at one point I was like, wait, the Flyers are that close to the Capitals and the in, in the division me, capitals fans felt the same way yeah i was you know <laughs> i was i had no horse in that race and i was still like kind of oh wow like this team you know i've, I've stated last time danielle and you could attest to this i the flyers are one of the teams i have want no part of in the playoffs um you know like they, they just play this brand of stereotypical flyers hockey that you know we're all accustomed to in the lightning that's like kryptonite to them um so which is interesting because the flyers have not one against the lightning since december of 2017 <laughs> oh. really wow. wow really and i know because and i've said this on lockdown flyers i was at that game wow in tampa <laughs> wow i mean i hope you kept your uh your stub from that game um, <laughs> but yeah i mean the the lightning i i look at it this and no disrespect to any of you other teams the only team I really see as a threat to the Lightning now that we have a full team back, uh, you know, that being hopefully, you know, Stamkos doesn't fall down the stairs going to the arena in the hotel um, when he finally comes back. But uh, I think the only team that really is standing in the way of the Lightning at this point is the Boston Bruins. Because um, I guess it's just because they're a division. The Blue Jackets? <laughs> you had to bring up bad memories. <laughs> You had to bring up bad <laughs> memories. I think, I mean, I I don't know. I just well, feel like. Maybe it, this, 
this may be a time for me to bring up what I like to affectionately call the President's Trophy curse. Mm. Yeah, that was the other reason why uh, I wasn't too. That's a, that. that's an eighty-two game. That's eighty-two games. This, this is a mm-hmm. is, is it though? Because you know, Tampa, y'all had the President's Trophy last season, right? And you didn't make it out of the first round. We don't remember and that. Year, and the year before that, Nashville had it. They, I know because oh, they took it in a game against us, the Capitals, at home that I was at. And I was like, yay, you secured your president's trophy. Have fun with that. Get out of town. And, of course, the year before that, the Capitals had it. And we didn't make it past the first round. Yeah, which is so, ironic uh, in itself just because, you know, they obviously they're superstitious and so they don't want to tr- touch trophies. And that could very well be the only one they touch all year. Um, <laughs> so with uh, the Flyers, um, let's just jump into maybe some of the storylines with the with you guys. Uh, obviously, Oscar Lindblom is a huge one. Um, but are there maybe some other ones that maybe us – fans of other teams maybe not know about um, going on that may be noteworthy later on? Um, I would say that like one of the best storylines of the season for the Flyers has been the addition of Kevin Hayes and that he's just provided so much solid play and consistency down the middle and has been a personality force that we have not seen on this team in a long time. He just kind of owns that leadership role and is, you know, really strong on the puck on the ice. And then just kind of, it feels like he puts like the weight of the team on his shoulders to some degree in terms of, being an outward face of the team where Claude Giroux is the captain and is sort of a a quiet determination leader. Kevin Hayes is the wacky clown (laughs) in front of the curtain. And it just makes a really great combination, I think. And that the two of them just support the wingers around them. And, you know, who's whoever is on a line with either one of them and is going to succeed. And then, of course, we have future Selkie winner Sean Couturier as the best two-way player in the game, I'm going to say it. So it's just there's so many good pieces on this team right now. Mm -hmm. Um, What about for, Amy, for your caps now, maybe are there some storylines that, you know, maybe we may not be aware of, like I just asked – you know, Rachel and Danielle, are there maybe some storylines that maybe going into this playoffs that are going to really be a factor down the road? Well, a couple of things that go hand in hand. Number one is another sort of superstition on my part, but it has to do with dad strength. We had a lot of cats become dads either for the first or second time over the pause. And There's one more, Lars Eller, his wife is due to have her second child the first week in August. And the plan so far is for him to go up to Toronto. And of course, 
he can get special dispensation to go back for the birth of his child. But the concern there is who's going to center his line when he goes. And I think um, Alex Alexiev, who is one of our one of our black aces, has been prepping for that. And Todd Reardon has been talking about how we might see him in the playoffs at some point. And I think that's where he's kind of being set to go, but nothing's been said yet. That's just kind of, you know, obviously these are all the facts that we know. And that means that somebody's going to have to play center instead of Lars Eller. We just don't know who that's going to be. That's very interesting. And we'll definitely be watching closely with your caps, especially when, um, they progress through the qualifying round, which we all expect them to. Now with the Bruins, Ian, you said earlier about Pasternak and, um, you know, uh, is, do you, is that a situation that you think or maybe hearing that's going to be resolved anytime soon? Or is that going to maybe carry over into when games are actually being played? Um, from what Cam Neely said the other day, it seems as though – both Pasternak and Kasha will join the Bruins once they arrive in Toronto, but it's not expected right now that it's going to affect uh, any game time that they'll miss. Um, there's the one exhibition game. The Bruins will play the, the Blue Jackets, and then they play the Flyers in the first round robin game on, on the August 2nd. Um, I think the bigger concern is just the fact that Kasha hasn't really gotten a lot of game time with this group. Um, like I said, he was a, a trade diet, trade deadline addition, and he only played five or six games before the pause. And it's hoped that he would kind of jump in and be the second line right winger that they've been looking for for a few years now, but um, still kind of up in the air whether or not he's the best fit there. Um, so that's really the biggest question, I think, for this team is who, what will, well, A, if those two guys will be ready, and if not, kind of who would bump up uh, the lineup. And I think what we've seen so far in training camp is that um, Jack Stanika might be put up there or Anders Bjork. They're kind of the two guys who seem to be in line for for that top six time if if those guys are missing so um, I guess the other kind of minor thing that's a bit concerning is that Tuka Rask revealed that he uh, suffered a fractured finger in uh, workouts during the pause he was doing box jumps I guess and somehow fractured his finger and has been experiencing a bit of discomfort in his trapper head uh, so if that lingers that's not ideal but uh, the Bruins do have uh, his William B. Jennings partner in uh, Yaroslav Halak who um, can fill in admirably and has proven in the past that he can steal a playoff series or two so um, I think they'd be okay deploying him in net if, if necessary so um, yeah, I think Kasha fans are familiar really, with him stealing yeah, playoff I mean, series. <laughs> I guess it's been about it's been a decade since uh, since that happened, but he's still he's still got some some gas. We're still better. <laughs> yeah. 
now I guess the storyline, um, I guess one that I mentioned earlier that is a consistent storyline for the Lightning uh, for us is what is just the saga of Steven Stamkos. One day he's healthy, the other day he's injured. But the big storyline, which I couldn't believe it until I read more into it, was Zach Bogosian is going to be – he's getting a lot of time in camp on the first defensive pairing with Victor Hedman just because of, uh, you know, we're not entirely sure. The team's not entirely sure if Jan Ruda is going to be healthy by then. Uh, Jan Ruda has been pretty, you know, banged up all year uh, due to a, a lower body injury, which we really haven't gotten the details on what exactly was affecting him all year. For all we know, it could be a major knee injury that the team isn't just, you know, they just want to keep on the hush-hush. Uh, so with those two things going on, you know, it's just kind of concerning, but going into the playoffs, but you know, this team is not at all strangers to playing without some of their top names. Um, they, the lightning have just been playing with this next man up mentality, um, which, you know, it's, I think though, with the long pause, it's given time for guys like Barkley Goodrow and Blake Coleman, guys who were really starting to come on right when everything got shut down. Um, I think it's got, it's given them the opportunity to, to gain more chemistry with their teammates, their new teammates. And hopefully that could turn into something special once the games are played. Uh, so yeah, um, I think, you know, this is going to be interesting, you know, like it's, it, I don't know about all of you, but I think it's kind of cool that we had these storylines kind of develop out of nowhere over the last couple of months, if there were any developing ones um, with your teams, just because there was no hockey on yet. There was constantly these what ifs about certain players and what if, but now just go around real quickly. Uh, what are maybe the players to watch out for that maybe we wouldn't really be on the lookout for uh, normally um, Ian, what about your, with your Bruins for my lightning I think the one guy, if you're going to be turning on any Lightning games, definitely check out Anthony Sorelli. I mean, he's been huge for this team all year, but he is going to, they're going to need his help more than ever, especially with, you know, Steven Stamkos being a question mark. Yeah, for the Bruins, I think uh, one player that they're really counting on stepping up is uh, Jake DeBrusque. He uh, is coming off uh, a kind of a disappointing regular season. The hope was that he, could maybe push to become a 30 goal scorer. I think he only ended up with like 16 after recording 27 in uh, 2018, 2019. So um, a bit of a step back for him, which might not be a bad thing since he's an RFA, but um, for this team to be successful, they really need that secondary scoring to be a factor and, uh, Jake DeBrusque has proven in the past to be uh, kind of a big game performer. He, he's come up pretty big in game sevens against uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs the last couple of years and um, really has the potential to be kind of a game breaker for this team. So I think he's a player that they're really counting on stepping up. Um, another guy is Charlie Coyle, who a lot of Bruins, when he was acquired, they were kind of skeptical of giving up a young prospect in uh, Ryan Donato, but Charlie Coyle has quickly become kind of, I wouldn't say the heart and soul of this team, but he's definitely um, become a core player pretty quickly. And 
a really effective uh, third line center for this team. So I think he um, will be a, a pivotal player. The fact that they can put him out as a third line center, uh, they can really exploit that against teams that don't have the depth that they do. And I think uh, he'll be, he'll be a pretty big factor for this team if, if they're going to be successful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now with the caps, Amy, uh, obviously we, on a yearly basis, we hear about Backstrom, Ovi, Hopi as the big three guys. Uh, yeah, Oshi, of course. Any, I'm not going to talk about any of those three. I'm going to tell you to look in two different places. I'm going to tell you to look at that third line center spot that I mentioned earlier and see who fills that because they may bump somebody up from the bottom line. They may pull one of their black aces. Mm-hmm. At this point, from what I've seen in terms of lines of training camp, it's hard to tell. Um, the other thing that's hard to tell in terms of what we've seen at training camp is defensive pairings. So look for um, musical chairs on the Capitals defense. This past regular season, we started off with a top pair of John Carlson and Jonas Siegenthaler because Michael Kempney was injured. And that worked really, really well for a while. And I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that again from time to time throughout the playoffs. So as far as one person to keep your eye on, I would say defenseman, young defenseman, Jonas Siegenthaler. He's um, he's more of a stay-at-home kind of guy. He's not very offensive at all, but he's a big guy. And he can skate, and he can get in the corners with everybody. So keep your eye out for him. Mm, definitely will. Um, the, the Capitals are always a team when I watch the playoffs, uh, if the Lightning aren't on, that I always watch just to see you know, because they're always in it and they're always a threat to win it. Uh, so with the Flyers, um, who are maybe other than some of the big name guys that are some players that you might see, um, you know, making the headlines on a game to game basis? So if you listen to Locked on Fires, you know, Rachel and I love NAK. Nick Nick Kubel is he is a prospect that came up, I want to say, like, Halfway through the season, I mean, he had to wait a long time to get his call up because the Flyers were calling up everybody. But once they called him up, he stayed. And this kid, he is so tenacious. He forechecks like a beast all the time in practice, every shift, every game. He has become one of the funnest players to watch on the Flyers. And I'm, I mean, so many people have talked about him and how even his Team, teammates have said that he just is so he gives 100% all the time and he's the most improved flyer so um, he's definitely someone to watch he's going to be I mean they he starts off on the fourth line but he they bump him up to the third line and he doesn't look out of place this kid is he's all over the place mm-hmm. in a good way mm-hmm. yeah and Rachel you have anything to add to that I would say you know Carter Hart is a big story too uh he obviously this is his first playoff opportunity right and super young for a goaltender to be jumping into the playoffs as well as you know there's been a little bit of question here with a potential injury but it seems like it's not that serious that being said I think the Flyers goaltending pair is pretty solid And, you know, Carter Hart is one of those guys that just has an unbelievable amount of confidence and focus. And he is the epitome of the goofy goaltender personality wise. But then you have, 
you know, strong veteran dad guy, Brian Elliott, you know, waiting and ability to just jump in and provide a real solid start no matter what. And I know that, you know, he gave the Caps a lot of trouble this season for sure in net. So, you know, I think that, you know, for once I'm like knocking on wood a thousand times here, but I feel like the Flyers have a real solid goaltending core going into this playoffs and that is unusual for the team but also dangerous for other teams and once again i like to thank all those hosts that participated in that i believe that we will be airing part three which will be the final part of that little uh round table that we did uh tomorrow and then we will we have some we have a guest lined up for later on in the week so pretty excited about that not going to tell you who it is just yet but um, be sure to uh, watch tomorrow's game, which will be taking place around, well, not around, but it'll be at 12 o'clock. Um, so, you know, while you're on your lunch break, if you're not working from home, if you're in the office, go ahead and watch that on TV. It'll be at 12 o'clock against the Florida Panthers. Super excited about that. Like I said, it will be the first time since March that the Lightning will be playing against another team. So it would be nice to see. I don't expect really big things from this game. I just expect the Lightning to go out there and just get a feel for each other once again um, in an actual game situation and not a scrimmage. So we'll, we'll see how it, it is. Um, I'm going to predict a probably, I want to say maybe a 5-3 game. You know, uh, Obviously, I'm going to pull for the Lightning in this one. I just believe they're the better team, regardless of Roboski. Uberdu and Barkov and Yandel and you know all the other supporting cast players uh, for Florida. So that's been it for today's episode of Lockdown Lightning, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Tanker. I'll talk to you in the next one.